Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News and joining me, they both just returned from Barcelona, Spain. We have Fran Diaz and Maggie Kuiper. How are you girls doing? Good, doing well. How are you? Now, Fran is joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. Maggie Kuiper is joining us from Milwaukee. Both are going to be seniors, class of 24, at Madison, and we're talking Barcelona, Spain, abroad. We're helping college students out as well as parents on what to do, what not to do. But before we jump in, we got to pay our bills. That's right. We are sponsored by The Journey. It's a whiskey made in Canada by my friend Sean Pronger and his brother Chris Pronger, both former NHL hockey players. And you can only get it in Illinois. And in Missouri, Southern Illinois and Missouri, that's the journey, whiskey. So make sure you try that out. I'm going to go right to you, Maggie, out in Milwaukee. Why did you decide on Barcelona? Definitely, I got a big influence from the older girls in my sorority. They all like raved about it. No one ever had a single complaint. So I was between Barcelona and Rome and from what I heard, Barcelona just was like bigger, more people were going. And when it came to my friend group, the majority of us were going there. So I kind of wanted to do abroad with all my best friends. And this is why exactly why we're doing this podcast, right? So younger college students, freshmen, sophomores, or parents can listen to it. Here's some good things about Barcelona. Maybe you could have had something like this to help them. Fran, obviously you're a Kappa Kappa Gamma at Wisconsin with Maggie, correct? And would have this podcast helped you in terms of where to go, what to do, and give you some good insight? Why did you pick Barcelona, Spain? Was it being the same as what Maggie communicated, or how did you come about picking Barcelona? I picked Barcelona mainly because my older sister had also studied abroad there eight years prior and raved about it. And my mom visited her too and also kind of explained to me that she thought that it would be a great fit for me. And I also wanted to improve my Spanish because I studied Spanish earlier in elementary school and, and had lost some of my knowledge with it. So I wanted to continue to learn it again. What program did you guys go through? I know there's many programs out there. If a student's listening or a parent's listening, was it the same program? Was it through the University of Wisconsin? Who wants to take that? I'll take it. So both were through University of Wisconsin, but we were in different programs. So I'll talk about mine. But I was in CIEE. And what that is through Wisconsin, it's for the business school students mostly. I know you can do it if you're not in the business school, but for the most part, we all were. And so that was kind of just what I had to do to like check off the boxes when it came to like classes to fit with my major. So that's why I did my program. I know there's CIEE out. Did I say it right? CIEE. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big programs out there. You did it through the business program at Wisconsin. Fran, what program did you go through? Um, I did it through IES. And IES is basically the program that accepts any major at UW-Madison, and it also works with UW-Madison, so it's easy to transfer credits and things like that. And when did you start the process for yours, Fran? I believe it was about eight months prior to leaving. So definitely in your sophomore year. 
Yeah, end of sophomore year. So spring, for those that are listening, I mean, this is why this is a great time to have it. It is May right now, looking into the programs and deciding on where you want to go and where you want to be. Maggie, what about yourself? Was it around the same time or, or when spring semester? So we had to decide earlier. So I know Fran had to decide by the end of sophomore year. I had to decide by March 1st, I think it was, of sophomore year. So definitely made it a little bit harder because I didn't get to like see what the rest of my friends were doing before I had to make my decision. But I knew enough people where like I was still confident in my decision, but definitely a lot earlier. All right. So if you're a sophomore student out there, you probably have already made up your mind or already gone through the process. But if you're a freshman, whatever campus you're on, university, you can go through two different programs. Those are the two that I've always heard of uh, that were the top. So now let's get into the country itself. Barcelona, Spain. Maggie, I know you were with my daughter and Fran as well. And you guys traveled a lot. So yes, home base is Barcelona. But let's talk about that experience. How many countries did you visit? And then I'm going to ask you out of all those countries, which one was your favorite country? All right. So I think I went to eight other countries, which is crazy. But um, my I can't pick one, but I have my big three. Um, so I went skiing in the French Alps in Chamonix. That was probably my favorite, mostly just because I like to ski. That was just amazing. And then Dublin and Amsterdam are the other two. And we did Dublin over St. Patrick's Day, which definitely made it like 10 times better. So, and I was going to ask you why. Now, French Alps, I heard that was amazing trip. Like how's the snow compared to out here in the United States or what made it so fun? So when it comes to the snow, it was a bad year for the Alps, supposedly. I'd never been before. So snow was not as good as here. And I know we got like dumped on out west in the U.S. this year. So definitely not as good in France. But it's just so much bigger and like nothing like I'd ever seen before. And it was just fun to get to ski like in a place I'd never seen before. And I had a really good group there as well. We had a nice small group. So it was really easy to like ski and stuff. And in regards to Dublin, is that something you highly recommend go during St. Patrick's weekend? Or fortunately, I think St. Patrick's Day was on a Friday. So let's just say St. Patrick's Day is on a weekday. Does it matter or you want to go right around that St. Patrick's Day? I would say go there for sure just because, one, it was just so fun and like spirits were really high, very fun. And also, it was kind of like a big reunion. We got to see all of the people studying in different countries that we hadn't seen all semester since everyone kind of like planned to do that. So I think that's what made it so much fun. And what were you going to add on to that, Fran? I was going to add like how Maggie said it was a big reunion. I actually was able to meet up with some friends from high school who I hadn't seen since senior year of high school just because they were studying abroad. And like it's a big thing at all major universities to go there that weekend. So I would definitely recommend it. And let's talk about Amsterdam. Maggie, why Amsterdam? I liked Amsterdam for our friend group and Fran was with me as well because we didn't really plan a lot going into it. Like we kind of just went and like had fun and I just really liked the city. We did like a boat tour, walked around. It was really fun. And Fran, let's see if your list is very similar to Maggie's. What was your favorite country or favorite countries if you had a top two or three? I would say Portugal and Italy were my favorite. 
just because both of those were very a lot of the trips we went on were go 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 and we always we had like things that we had to check off like certain museums or famous monuments that we had to go to whereas when we were in Italy and then I went to Portugal with my mom it was very much go with the flow and felt more of a relaxing trip so that's why those were my favorite and they're beautiful countries obviously and I know when I go on trips or even with families or myself there's a lot of planning involved so let's talk about the planning Fran we'll start with you so Portugal and Italy Right. And, and your parents went with you on what on, on Italy. Your mom went with you on Italy. How on much Portugal. planning uh, on Portugal? What type of planning did you do and how did you cram everything in? Like what advice and tips would you give to that student as well as parent? I would give or I would definitely recommend making a Google Doc. Just like a, it seems very cliche but like a google doc with like each day and then put multiple options for restaurants and even make reservations and then i would also if you're a student and you're traveling with a bigger group it's almost easier if just one or two people plan a certain weekend because if you're trying to have six girls or six guys plan the whole three days, it gets kind of confusing and things overlap. So like maybe two friends can take one weekend and then the next weekend, two friends can take plan that weekend. So that's kind of what we did. And it really helped. That's great advice. That's something I I never even thought of. But now I know why my girls are using Google Docs when they send my stuff Mm -hmm. back and forth trips and how our Barcelona trip was planned when Julia planned it for us when I visited. Maggie, would you add anything to that? Or what else would you comment on terms of planning? Because I know you're, I think you're one of the planners in the group too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, some of the time, definitely. Um, One thing I always did is I would ask older girls and they typically still had their notes. If it was a Google Doc or just like in their notes on their iPhone, they still had all their stuff from the year before. And she might be breaking up. So while she's breaking up, I'm going to say, Fran, what was your least favorite country? I hate to say this, but Copenhagen was probably my least favorite just because it started out, it started out bad because my twin sister missed her flight. So that just started out not on a great note. And then I didn't really look into specifics about it, but it was just the most expensive place I went to. So I just wasn't expecting my Aperol spritz to be $18, you know, and it kind of just puts a damper because when you're budgeting on things, you kind of have to pick and choose what you splurge on. So that's what made the trip kind of harder for me with like financially too. Well, let's talk about that financially because I know when we were in Barcelona or Spain, it was very cost effective. So you talked about, you didn't think your spritz was going to be $17, $18. What country did you go visit or even was it Barcelona that was the most cost effective? Um, Barcelona, for sure. And then Rome wasn't, Rome and Barcelona were similar in price, but I feel very fortunate to have studied in Barcelona because I obviously had friends studying in different um, cities. For example, my friend in London, her dinners were costing probably double mine. And so it really just put things into perspective. Like she had to probably budget and think more about what you're spending more than I did. That is definitely coming into play. And I'm sure in Europe, one thing that I appreciated, and was it a shock to you, the tipping? What's your take on the 
tipping. Oh yeah, there's no tipping. I don't know if it's in every city in Europe, but in Barcelona, tipping is not a thing that people do like it is in the US. So I actually, when I landed there from the United States, I tipped my taxi driver <laughs> like $15 because I was just doing a norm that I'm used to. And then I ended up learning from my professors that you don't do that. And it's because um, the average wage there is high enough where they don't need tips, I guess, like how in the US servers and things like that get a lower hourly wage because of tips. So it was really interesting. So that is interesting for those that are listening. When you go abroad and you're going to a uh, to Europe, you don't have to tip and don't feel guilty. Don't be like Fran, jump off the mm -hmm. airplane, get the taxi, give that money. All right. So you're there to study abroad. So let's talk about abroad. Let's talk about the classes. Let's talk about just some rules, some attendance. First, how many classes did you take? I took five. Hi. Hello. She's back. We're talking about the classes. We'll, we'll give Fran a little break. Fran took five classes. All right. And you, you were part of the business. So how many classes did you take? I took five as well. And so four of them were at CIE and one was at like a Spanish university, ESCI. And that one ended in March. So like at end of March, I went down to four classes, which was super nice. And tell us the schedule. Was it uh, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday? What times? It was Monday through Thursday. Um, so we didn't have any classes on Friday, which was awesome. And then I had three classes. It's like some of your classes are Monday, Wednesday, summer, Tuesday, Thursday. So I had three classes, Monday, Wednesday, and two on Tuesday, Thursday. And the earliest class my program could have is 9 a.m. So like you don't have any crazy 8 a.m. Which is a little bit better. And then you can have classes that go until like 7.30 at night, which if you can try to avoid for Thursdays, I would recommend that just because if you're on a trip and you want to leave on a Thursday night, you're going to want to leave as soon as possible. So Fran, how did you manage that or do you have control of, all right, I want to take my classes midday tonight so I can sleep in, maybe go out on the town and then definitely get out by Thursday? Or is it just hit or miss? Or are you just fortunate and you get the classes that you get? You get to like request them and then it's kind of like you pick backups. So you hope you get your first choice, but I got first choice for three out of five of mine and the other two weren't like great times, but there's nothing you can really do. And Fran, your program in terms of attendance, how many classes were you able to miss? Um, you were able to miss three. And then after you miss three, your fourth, fifth, and sixth, each time you'd miss one of those, your grade would go down a letter. And then if you missed your seventh class, then you would fail the whole class. So it was pretty flexible, honestly, missing three. It's not it's not that much if you really think about it because all they want you to do is really show up and pay attention in class. There's not too much outside work, so the least thing you can do is really show up. And the classes were very interesting as well. You are abroad. You're there to, yes, explore and have this great experience, but at the same time, these classes are transferring over to University of Wisconsin. Uh, Maggie, was yours the same, your program, three classes that uh, you were able to miss only? No, so we got to miss five of each class. And then the sixth one was like another warning. And then 
seventh one, you lose 10% of your grade. And then after that, after the eighth one, ninth one, tenth one, didn't do anything else. So my program was definitely more flexible with that. But from what I've heard, my classes were like a little bit harder, like exam wise, but still no outside work. Like Fran was saying, like you can kind of get it all done in class if you want to. All right. A female or male student listening to this, taking classes in Barcelona, your program, Maggie, what classes definitely should they take? Um, my favorite class was my, it was called Past and Present Barcelona, and it was a history class. I really loved it. One, we got to go on field trips and walk around the city. And two, my teacher was so funny. His name was Tony. If you can take a class of Tony at CIE, you should try to. So yeah, that was definitely my favorite. Tony, CIE. All right. She's pubbing up. Tony, CIE, the class that you want to take. That sounds actually like a fun class. What was your worst class? My worst one was my one class at that other university. Didn't like my teacher. It was an international marketing class, which my major is marketing. I should like that. But the class was two and a half hours, whereas all the other ones are an hour and a half. And I just, it was too much. <laughs> Did your ADHD kick in? And like, were you? Right, exactly. <laughs> I would have just got up and just, I mean, how many bathroom breaks can you take? And did the teacher ever question you? That's what I would do. Like I do that in meetings now. I walk away and then come back. Exactly. Fran, what about yourself? Your program, what was your favorite class? Um, my favorite class was a class that's called Leading Across Cultures. So it was a leadership class, but it explored what the title says, like how to be an effective leader when you're leading people from different cultures. So I found it very interesting compared to my storytelling class was probably my least favorite though. <laughs> okay. Why was storytelling your least favorite? Because when I was there, I was trying to immerse myself in the culture and, and that's what I expected to do in the classroom as well. And that class didn't really explore anything that I wouldn't have learned in the United States pretty much. And now that we covered the classes, the attendance, what to do, what not to do, what classes to take, traveling to different countries, it, I'm going to ask, because we got to talk about Barcelona and Spain itself. Maggie, how many weekends were you in Barcelona out of your four months there, roughly? I want to say five, four or five. Four to five weekends. Fran, what about yourself? Five, I believe. All right. So out of those five weekends, and obviously you have time during the day, as a student, and I know when when Julia first was in Barcelona, I would ask her questions. Did you do this? Did you do that? Why don't we talk about the experience that you really had in Spain? What is there to do? What did you like? What did you not like? And then we'll talk about, you know, like when parents come to town, where to visit. But when you were first in Spain, Fran, what were some of the first things that you and your friends went to go visit or go do? The first, I think it was the second weekend we were there. Maggie and I and some friends, we went to Park Giel. And it was really cool. The architecture was something I've never seen before. So I would recommend that park for sure. And isn't Park Giel the one? Wait, no, that's I'm butchering it with the bunkers where you go way up there. You can walk way up there. And at sunset, you hang out. I mean, I did that early in the morning and there was no one there, but I understand at sunset, what happens? Who wants to talk about that and take that if you guys did that? 
Yeah, we went up there a bunch. That's still probably like my favorite spot in Barcelona. That was like the first thing I did. I think my second day there, we went up there and you just go up there, watch the sunset. People, you bring up a cheap bottle of wine and you kind of just stay there until it gets dark. And everyone's just chatting, sitting around, and then you walk home. I'm telling you, those that are listening, the bunkers is amazing. You can see the entire city. And if there's a parent out there listening, I would recommend doing it last because I knew exactly what I was looking at as compared to just going up there and going, all right, where is the Olympic Park or where's the cathedral, et cetera. So Fran like Park Yill, I think I said that right. I know I visited, loved it. And then Maggie liked the bunkers. What else were some of your favorite things to see or a student should go visit or even when their parents are in town? What else would you recommend? I definitely wish I went to the beach more. I started to as the semester went on, um, as it like warmed up, but it's never really that cold there. We could have gone the entire semester. So even just going and like sitting there, walking along there, getting dinner down there, I wish I did more often in the beginning. Fran, did you go to the beach a lot? I wish I would have gone more as well, but I did go an okay amount because my twin sister lived right on the beach. So anytime I was with her, we took a second to walk past the beach. So I agree with Maggie. I should have gone more and it's beautiful. I know early in the mornings as a parent, I would walk all the way down where the W Hotel is and then walk back to kind of where I don't even know where I stayed. Maggie, where, what would you like as a parent, wh where did I stay? Wh what area was that? And where would you recommend? You guys were by Catalonia, I think, which is the stop where we all get off for school. My parents stayed there as well. I would definitely recommend that as a place to say if you're visiting. It's right in the middle of everything. It was in the heart, in the middle of everything. And as a parent, you're walking distance to the beach. You can go the other way. And let's talk about where you all stayed, because I know your friends stayed in various places. Some were kind of far. Some got a different experience, a neighborhood experience. We'll start with you, Fran. Where did you stay? What did you like about where you stayed? Um, I stayed right next to La Sagrada Familia, which is the cathedral. And it was amazing because the metro stop is right in front of it. So every day I went to class, I got to see the amazing cathedral and then Actually, like a couple of days before I left in April, I actually finally went inside and it was so amazing to see the inside of what I'd been looking at for the past few <laughs> months. So I would recommend going inside there for sure. And as a parent, that was a place, a destination Julie had on her Google Docs. We're going to see this this specific day. And it was. It was a little bit out there, different, but cute neighborhood. She said, this is where Fran lives and this is where we would hang out. And it's a different feel than where I stayed or where Julia was staying. And then I know definitely, because Maggie, you talked about where you live. Why don't you comment on that? Because it's completely different than where Fran stayed yeah. and where Julia stayed. Yeah, so I was probably the furthest from Fran that I could have possibly been. And so I was towards Camp New, the soccer stadium, not all the way over there, but um, I lived in a really small neighborhood. It was called Plaza de Sants. And um, not a lot of students lived there. It was kind of just our building of abroad kids with a few exceptions. It was a lot quieter, uh, like mostly locals and a lot of like families, older people. I had an elementary school right down the blocks. So there were a lot of kids, very like safe neighborhood, um, but very, very different than like where Julia and where Fran lived. 
And you're speaking of safe. So let's talk about like nightlife. It was Barcelona town that you can go out at night and pretty much either walk home or take the train home. I, I think there's a certain deadline date. Who wants to tackle that? I can answer it. So yeah, in terms of deadlines, so the Metro on the weekends is 24 hours, but then Monday through Thursday, I believe it closes at what time? 12 a.m.? I think midnight. So I felt very safe in Barcelona, but I feel like rule of thumb anywhere, you could be in the safest town in the U.S. It's just better to always have at least one buddy, especially dark at night, especially leaving the clubs, because just in case anything happens, phone dies, don't have service, don't have money for a taxi, or if you just feel unsafe, it's always good to have a buddy and also be like telling your friend group, when you're leaving or when you're arriving and things like that. But I didn't feel unsafe at all, really. Definitely. I always talk about the buddy system, even in college, right? You all have the buddy system too. All right. So I know a lot of the clubs were on the beach. We went to, I forget where we had lunch, but it's probably one of the clubs that turned into a nightclub. What was your favorite club in Barcelona or some of your top favorite clubs, Maggie? Any of those ones on the beach, but my favorite was Opium. It's called Opium. It's right on the beach. and But the one we went to most often was Shoko. We'd go there. It was like a big thing every Monday, and like all the abroad kids were there. So it was always a fun time. Opium and Shoko. Where does that rank on your list, Fran? Definitely top three for sure. I'd say... They do get a little repetitive, but yeah. at the same time, it, when it was our last week in Barcelona in April, we were like dying to go because we just wanted to go one last time. So at first you think it's too much, but then once you get a little break from them, you miss them and then you go one last time. Yeah, it's kind of something you do. If you don't want to go clubbing and we want to do the bar scene, maybe it's springtime, watch the Super Bowl or some big sporting event. Um, I didn't find that many sporting events on besides soccer, which is football in Europe because they don't care about basketball or hockey. What are some cool bars to go to that you guys frequently uh, visited? The big one we go to for either like before a club or just to go to a bar was Ovella Negra. They have two of them. One's like a giant beer hall. You can go there with a huge group. It's like picnic tables, whatever. It's super big. And then like the other one is smaller. Both of them are like casual fun spots. And I know Ovella Negra usually have like sports games on as well. Fran, what about yourself? Um, the popular ones Maggie mentioned, I also agree with. And there's also two bars I went to that I'll recommend. One is called Bobby's Free. And then one is called Dr. Stravinsky. And those bars are smaller, kind of speakeasy. And since you're finally legal when you travel to Barcelona, it's really cool to actually sit down and enjoy like a nice drink rather than, you know, in college, just going to a college party. And it's it was just really cool to experience a cool bar with cool drinks and just like sit there and enjoy a drink for an hour with friends instead of the clubs. It's I would recommend doing that for sure when you can. And I believe I gave... Julia, the recommendation, one of the top world bars, number one bar in the world is located in Barcelona, Paradiso. Did you guys experience Paradiso, correct? I did not. I did not. Okay. I forget. I don't know which one of her friends did. And I told her, you know, 
to go check it out. We went there when I was there. So if you're listening, if you're a parent or student, Fran was not able to visit. Maggie was not able to visit. But if you want a speakeasy experience, crazy ass wild drink, Fran, I know you're going to go back to Barcelona. You need to go to Paradiso. It opens up at four o'clock. You need to be in line definitely by 340. That's right, parents, if you're listening or students, you got to be there early because there's going to be a line. If there's a line of 20 people, you're going to wait like over 30 minutes. It's very, very, um, it's worth it. I should just say uh, it's worth the wait. All right. So let's talk about food. What was your favorite place to eat, Fran? We, we're, we're not going to talk about when parents are in town, but obviously we're talking about finances, right? Um, being in Europe, got to be managing your money. Where did you like to eat? Where were some of your favorite places to eat? There's a place called Luigi's, which is Italian. And we went there on my birthday and I had amazing cheese stuffed noodles with a nice red sauce on top. That pasta was very, very good. I would recommend. Is Luigi's in the neighborhood where you live or was it in a different no, neighborhood? No, it's near um, the Gothic Quarter, I believe. So more central. Maggie, what about yourself? Where did you like to frequently visit to grab either a bite for dinner? My favorite place by far was Bode B. It's a little sandwich place. I'm obsessed. I bought a t-shirt from there before I left. I tried to go there once a week and I'm missing it right now. It was just phenomenal. It's cash only. As a parent, I got to experience it. We got there like at 1145. We waited in line till like at least 20, 25 minutes. Callie actually tried to get a shirt, but it was so busy. They wouldn't sell her a shirt. Yeah. It's worth the and line. That- if there's a line, you gotta wait. Hey, that's it's a great place. It's located near where would you where would you I mean every abroad student is everyone's there is American. They're a student. Where is it located? I don't know what area that is. It's technically right on the water, but like not by the actual beach, like closer to the port, which I think is kind of by the Gothic Quarter, right? Because it's kind of by Luigi's friend. Right? Yes. Yeah. You kind of walk by the Gothic Quarter, yes. Right. Yeah. All right. The little area, and I forget what it's called. Maggie, you told me the experience that you had when your parents were there. Uh, it's that market we went into. What's that market? Oh, word? yeah. I've heard it's okay, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. La so <laughs> talk about the market, Fran. I only walked through it twice, but basically there's a bunch of individual vendors there and they're selling anything from meat, cheeses. Candy. What else do they sell? Fruits, smoothies. Candy. You can get a beer. Anything. And this is the area, Maggie, right? I mean, this is something we should warn students and parents about. Where do we put our phones? There's a lot of pit pocket or pit oh, yeah. pockers. Why don't we talk about that, Maggie? Um, so we were definitely warned about that well before we even went abroad. So I think that they kind of like put us in good shape for it. I know I was very cautious. I know all my friends were, and none of our close friends ended up getting pickpocketed. But a lot of my teachers were telling me actually that it's gone down a ton. So I think it's getting a lot better there. But definitely if you're constantly aware on the metro or where it's really busy and like the really big tourist areas, you shouldn't have a problem. But it's definitely something to keep your eye out for. 
And it's pretty easy getting around on the Metro. What would you recommend? Just getting the the monthly, is it the monthly pass that you all get? I got the 10 ride pass because I wasn't there that long, but what, what pass would you get? There's a 90 day unlimited ride pass for 40 euros. Definitely recommend that one. It was pretty much the perfect amount of time. And then after mine ran out and then I think I just got the 10 day pass for the rest of the time that I was there. And speaking of euros, I mean, would you advise just to have your, I'm going to call it your parents' ATM or debit card? I mean, how, how much euros did you you bring? Besides uh, that Boda D that I think is all euros, do you need euros or what, what do you re recommend as a student going there? You definitely need it more than you think for random things. Like when we were on our trip to Italy, we, we took a big taxi, a huge van with all of us to Positano, like another little town and you have to pay them in cash and it's like a hundred euros. So like you definitely need it more and it does cost a lot to take out cash there. So I wouldn't say go overboard and bring like an excessive amount, but definitely more than you would think. I wish I brought more. Yeah. Mine ran out in the first 10 days. And then another thing you can do as well is you can get, you can exchange your USD dollars to euros in airports. And I believe there's no, exchange fee so that would be smart yeah all right worst travel experience in your four months there who wants to, uh, maggie i did you have a, a bad travel experience i got really lucky personally when it comes to flights and like that kind of stuff i never had like a big mess like that so mine's not even that bad i would just say like my travel day home from dublin i just felt awful. <laughs> Fran, what about yourself? Any bad travel experiences? I also, all my flights pretty much left on time. One thing I would recommend is if you can avoid booking a flight home Sunday night, because as much as you think like, oh, we have all day Sunday to like explore the city more. Sometimes Sunday mid afternoon hits around and like you want to be home in your bed, getting ready for class the next morning. I booked two flights at, on a Sunday at 10 p.m. and I regret both of them. So I would leave at a reasonable time Sunday. Like you don't need to be there until 10 p.m. No, you guys are going hard for 24, 48 <laughs> hours. Like get the frick out of town. All right. So obviously now it's the summertime. Fran, you have an internship in Nashville, Tennessee, Maggie. Congratulations. You have an internship in Milwaukee. Uh, now, both of you guys took different routes on getting it. I'm going to start with Fran first because, Fran, I believe you got yours in October of fall of your junior year before you went abroad as compared to Maggie um, interviewing probably like my daughter, going through the whole interview process abroad, different time zones. Let's talk about that experience. Fran, was that something you prepped and did early on your own or is that something that just because of your major um well my major does require that we do have an internship but they're very helpful with it if you're struggling finding one it was more so kind of like getting accepted to college it's so random like you could think that your interview went so well and then you don't hear back or like they move with move on with different applicants and I feel like I just got lucky with the specific internship that I applied to because it was a perfect match for me because I honestly, that was, it was like one of the only ones I applied to 
And I did not have a backup. Like if I would not have gotten that, I probably would have been interviewing while I was abroad. <laughs> you would have been like my daughter and uh, interviewing at eight, nine o'clock at night before you all went out. Right. And Maggie, I don't know if that's, I, I probably going to say your pro- process was very similar because you didn't have an internship going in, correct? Yeah. So I was applying in the fall, same as Fran, just didn't work out. But so I was doing that abroad and it was seven hours later there. So as you said, I was doing interviews at bizarre times and it was a, kind of a big hassle. But um, my, so I'm marketing and real estate, double major, and most marketing internships aren't even out until the spring. So for me, it wasn't, I mean, for the real estate side of my major, I could have been doing stuff in the fall, but most of the stuff marketing wise, I kind of had to wait for the spring anyways. And a lot of companies don't even start looking. So I think it's pretty normal to be doing it abroad. But if you can do it before, I know that that was probably so nice for you, Fran. Yeah. Yes. And for those, because as a parent, I've involved, I've gone through the process. I highly recommend you start doing it your fall of your junior year, even if it's an informational interview, if it's an informational email, phone call, maybe not necessarily applying for that internship because it's that networking and communicating. And then when the spring comes, because a lot of opportunities that Julia applied to did not open up, they said, reach out in March, reach out in April, right, Maggie? So that's marketing. Julia's the same, communications and marketing as compared to maybe a business or real estate or finance. So depending on your major, it might be different. So thank you for uh, communicating and, and, and giving some feedback on that. Let's end with parents visiting. Fran, your mom visited. You guys went to Portugal. What time of the year was that? When did you guys go? April 20th. So basically a week before my program ended. And Maggie, I think Jamie and Anne went out there in mid-March. Was it before St. Patrick's Day or after? It was the week before because my siblings came. So they lined it up with my younger sister's spring break. All right. So different. And I, and I went at the very, very end. I think Julia was in finals the last two days when I saw you all. Um, what would you recommend? If you had to do it all over again, when do you think a parent should should go where you feel comfortable and not stressed about anything? Maggie? I liked when mine came, but I also would have liked if they came when you did, Mr. Vong. I think those are two good times. The only thing that I kind of messed up was I use a lot of my absences prior to my parents coming. And so I did have to go to a lot of my classes while they were there. But I gave them, as we said, Google Doc. I gave them things to do. They were all set. Um, But I did like when they came because it was right in the middle. So I got to see them and then still got to enjoy myself after they left. And Fran, if you had to do it all over again, would you have your mom come the time she did? Or, I mean, that's basically the end. But was that a good time? Yeah, I think it was a perfect time. I was definitely having some withdrawals from home and it was like I needed her to come. So it was nice for her. And at that point, I was kind of running low on funds and I was like, my mom needs to get here right now so I can have free dinners from her. But um, it was a perfect time. Definitely would recommend more towards March, April for sure. Parents are in town. Where are you recommending them to take you and your friends? Because I know where I took Julie and her friends, but let's see if some of the spots are similar. Fran, 
if when you're when your mom was in town, was she taking you out and your friends out, or where did you say, "Mom, we need to go here"? We um, went to the speakeasy, Dr. Stravinsky, which was super cool. And then my mom actually is a bit of a foodie. So when I was in class, she was doing all the research for like best places in Barcelona. I would definitely bring your parents to a tapas place just because that is Barcelona and Spain in general specialty. And then paella as well. She took a cooking class when I was at school and she absolutely loved it. Maggie, where where was uh, Anne and Jamie take, uh, taking you all out? Well, I kind of tried to bring them to a mix of places I normally go. So they got to see that. And then like maybe a nicer place that I wouldn't want to pay for. So let's go <laughs> on there. So we brought them to George Payne, which is this bar we go to. Very fun bar. And we went with some of the other parents. Of course, I brought them to Bode B, a topless place. And then the we went to El Nacional. I think he went there, right? Yes. Yes. Inside, it's like you would never even know El Nacional existed. You just walk in and and it's like a big square. It's like um, Italy, like Italy. Yes. El Nacional, which is walking distance. Yeah. And then we went to one place. It was called Seven Portes. That was like a restaurant on the water. That was kind of nicer. So I enjoyed that. And one that you guys did not bring up that Julia found for us. She found it on TikTok, but I'm going to, I've been pumping it up. It's called, is it Mana 75, Mana 75, right there on the water? Was that where I went with you guys? Yes, it was. That place was amazing. I love that. The paella was phenomenal. We ate, um, I'm just thinking about that, Maggie. I mean, we stuffed our faces. It was good. So... (laughs) Well, I appreciate you girls sharing your insight and hopefully Fran, a G5B that's listening, a freshman or sophomore is going to say, oh my gosh, I want to go to Barcelona or a Kappa Maggie that's listening um, that will say the same thing, a parent listening, uh, giving Barcelona. There's so much we could talk about Barcelona. Uh, You girls shared phenomenal insight, what to do, what not to do. I'm going to give you one last chance. Everyone's going to end with a comment of something if you had to do it all over again or the biggest advice that you might give to a student forget the parent maggie what would it be like something that just stands out that is here's a must if you're a kappa or a g5b or anyone listening going to barcelona well this isn't really specific to barcelona but one thing i would say is like don't focus on all the things you're not going to get to do because you could be there for five years and not get to everything so I try not to be like, oh, I wish I did this. I wish I went here. Like, however you do it, you're going to love it. And it's going to be amazing. That's great advice. Fran? Um, my advice would be don't feel the need to do exactly what your friend group or friends are doing every weekend. You're there to really become more of an individual and learn about yourself. So if you want to go on a solo trip or a dual trip, do that. Or if you want to go somewhere not as popular that you've always wanted to go to, or just explore a little city in a country that most people don't travel to, I would recommend you take a leap and do that. And would you say you came back a different person, you grew and developed? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Maggie, would you say the same for yourself? Yeah, definitely more independent as said, like more of an individual. I noticed that with both my daughters, and that's why I think going abroad is the greatest 
experience. And that's why I'm sharing uh, the broad series to help students and parents with that selection and where to go. For Farmer News, you've been listening to Barcelona, what to do, what not to do, where to go, what to see, as well as Europe in itself. Farmer News, out.